Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. So it's now time for the word. We have the wonderful Simon Taylor. Let's get him up. Who is one... So if you're new to us, Simon is one of our senior leadership team, he's one of our elders, he's got the gift of God on him, he's got an amazing word for us this evening, so I'm just going to pray for you, Si. So Lord, he was, he was ready to go. What was that? What? Bless you. <laughs> Thanks for that. So, so Lord, we just lift Simon up to you. We've already prayed from in production, but Lord, I just thank you for this man of God. I thank you for the word that is pl- you've placed in his heart, and I just pray for open hearts tonight to receive and for those seeds of, to go down deep, not to be cast away or to taken away from the birds of the air. Lord, we thank you and we bless you, Si, as you bring God's word. Amen. 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 Fantastic. Good to be here tonight. How are you all doing? I want lots of affirmation today because I'm insecure and I need it. So if you say something that you agree with, that I agree with, that you agree with, that I'm saying, then uh, feel free to say amen. So it's Pentecost today. That's where the fire falls. What does that look like? Well, it means the power of God. So everything that you're struggling with tonight, God's going to break it because he says it in his word. Hands up if you're in faith that God can do a mighty work in your life. Hands up if you think God can change your life. Amazing. So Father, we pray, we do believe, and we speak the name of Jesus over this place tonight that you would come, that your spirit would come, that the fire would come tonight and burn away the dross. Not joss, the dross. Don't burn away joss. Burn away the dross, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. So all that's left is gold. So I'm going to be speaking tonight on ditch, ditching the doubt. Um, Hands up if you struggle with doubt in your life. Yeah, me front of the queue. I wish I was Rob. You don't struggle with doubt, do you, mate? Come on. I sometimes do, um, and it's it's not very nice. So what I'm going to do tonight is share a few scriptures with you and some encouragements on how you can uh, ditch the doubt. Flipping lights are bright, aren't they? Good for my eyes, these. Um, John 20, I'm going to start with some scripture. Verse 19, 24 to 29. So let's go from verse 19. It says, On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors firmly locked in fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Now let me give you a bit of context. This scripture is talking about after Jesus had been brutally battered, brutally battered, put to death on a cross and died. And then he rose again after three days and here he is. So all his disciples, you're thinking, oh, I'm wounded. Jesus is dead and what are we going to do? The Messiah is our best mate, is our Lord, is our saviour. And all of a sudden he just pops in, in a locked house, a locked room and says, peace be with you. What would you think? And after he said this, he's shown them his hands and side. Remember that he got pierced in the side with a spear and he had nails through his hands. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. The Bible goes on to say in verse 24, it says, Now Thomas, 
one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. We've seen him. We've seen Jesus. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and the gash in his side, I will not believe. How many of us are like Thomas? I am. Sometimes I'm stubborn. Sometimes I want to see. I don't suffer fools. And sometimes that lays, you know, it's, it's a gift because I'm not easily fooled. But at the same time, it affects my faith in God. It makes me ask questions and doubt like Thomas. Verse 26 says, a week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, these guys were paranoid, man, locking the doors. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Why do you just keep showing up for it? You know, locked doors, walking with his supernatural body through the walls, and he's like, Peace be with you, kids. <laughs> Insane. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here, see my hands, reach out your hand, and put it in my side. And then he said, Stop doubting and believe. I believe that's for us. I believe Jesus allowed this to happen and wanted us to know this. He says, Simon, stop doubting and believe. <clears throat> Thomas said to him, my Lord, my God. It probably would have been a bit like, my Lord, my God, because he would have seen him. He thought he was dead and now he's alive. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you now believe. But blessed are those who have not seen, yet still believe. Blessed are the ones that have not seen, but still believe. So let's imagine this. Jesus has been crucified a brutal death. Not just a quick shot wound. Not just a quick dab jab with the sword. He's been brutally, brutally battered. And died. He was put in a tomb. They can see it. And then he's risen from the dead. This kind of thing does not happen. And then suddenly appears in a locked room. And is like, how are you doing? Peace be with you. You can't admit that this guy there's not something special about this guy they must have been confused they must have been scared who was this figure in front of them was it really him was it really Jesus the Messiah let's paint a picture of so we can appreciate the emotions of of what these disciples would have been thinking imagine your grandma or someone close to you you know dies and you got to see them in the morgue and you see them in the coffin they are dead the funeral happens they're dead and then you sat there on a Sunday eating your Sunday roast the doors are locked and all of a sudden you look around and your grandma's standing there and she's like alright kid I, peace be with you what would you think what would you think I'd be like flipping heck what are you doing here it would scare me I would be very very nervous but the scripture said that they saw the marks in his hands where the nails had been they saw the scars in his side, so they believed. The Bible said that they were overjoyed, overjoyed, like Christmas, all the Christmases had come at once. Because the Messiah's back, the best friend, the Lord, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe was here. But verse 25 says, Thomas did not believe. Unless I see the marks in his hands and the gash in his side, I will not believe. Yes, we can see that it was easier for the 11 disciples 
to believe because they saw it with their own eyes Thomas didn't he wasn't there but Thomas should have known out of the relationship that he had with Jesus he walked with him Jesus wasn't a fool Jesus wasn't a person who lied he wasn't a person that pulled the wool over their eyes or had a sarcastic sense of humor and you know that kind of thing Jesus told them in all four gospels all four gospels I'll read from Matthew because I like this one better verse 16 verse 21 it says from that time Jesus began to show his disciples that they must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed the Bible says so this is him he's showing them he's telling them that we must go to this place so the so that the prophecy may come to pass and it says I need to do all this to be killed and then on the third day be raised maybe Thomas forgot this but let me tell you one of the biggest biggest killers of God's power that inhibits him to work that disables him in your life is doubt it's only faith that can please God it's only faith that can unlock heaven only faith when you're praying for people on the streets Rob with your team it's faith that, that heals them God's power the, the power of heaven the creator of the universe it says scientists are saying that the universe when God spoke the universe into existence he said let it multiply let the universe multiply let it expand he said let there be light let there be life and the universe is still expanding at the speed of light scientists are beginning to realize this that it's still happening so for that same power by the way this is not manufactured enthusiasm I'm quite a laid-back kind of guy I'm sometimes grumpy at home but when I'm empowered with the Holy Spirit entheos comes upon me which means in God this is God this is the word of God being spoken so the power of heaven can only be released through us and in our lives when we allow faith to uprise in us and let the let the doubt fall to the ground because guess what empowers the enemy guess what gives the enemy power in your life and he rejoices with this guess what gives the enemy legal license let's not forget that the whole universe is governed by spiritual laws you reap what you sow a spiritual law the law of confession the power of life and death is in the tongue it tells us in proverbs that's a law a law a law is something that must happen so the law of gravity says that when an apple falls out of a tree it will fall at the same rate the law of aerodynamics says that when a plane careers down the runway it will take off when Jesus spoke to the fig tree and it died the next day when all the disciples are walking past it and Jesus is walking past it Jesus because he understood the laws of the spiritual and the law of confession would have been more surprised if the tree was still alive than it being dead and yet Peter flabbergasted because the power of life and death is in our tongue and we need to make sure that faith is coming out of us at all times but when we doubt it brings the enemy ground for him to infiltrate our lives because we give him legal license because when we doubt we open ourselves up to fear anxiety failure isolation and we give the enemy power so please remember this that doubt and fear empower the enemy and the
the kingdom of darkness, but faith, faith, faith as small as a mustard seed, as me and Rob were talking about this morning, faith as small as a mustard seed can change lives and it can change your life. Faith in God, faith in Jesus Christ, faith in the cross, faith that knowing that Jesus Christ died a horrific death. John 3.16 says he sent his one and only begotten son to die for every single person. That whoever believes, whoever believes shall have eternal life and live forever with him. That's what faith does. It allows us to live a empowered life of goodness, great relationships. It allows God to fellowship with us every single day. Does that excite anybody else? It really excites me. You see, the enemy is using the same tactics that he's always used. The same tactics he used with Eve in the garden. Did God say? The same. Allowing doubt into the minds. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he said we could eat from the tree of life and the tree of knowledge. Maybe we can eat from every tree. Maybe we can. No. God says what he says. Did God say? Well, I'm here to tell you tonight. Yes, he did. His word is truth. And he has a lot to say about you. Good things. Gracious things. If you're struggling at this moment in time with self-hate and struggling with things that have happened in your past and it's really, really binding you up and the mistakes that you've made, let me tell you that God says that you are forgiven. By his stripes you are healed emotionally, spiritually, physically. It's an intense message, but it's truth. With the word of God, it is written. Jesus replied. He modeled it. He says, it is written. He replied to doubt. He replied. The enemy tried to get work his way on, on Jesus. Did God say, can't you just throw yourself off this man and he'll command his angels? The enemy will quote, quote scripture to you in your mind. But Jesus knows the truth. So here's three things that we can learn from the story of Thomas. <clears throat> Number one is doubt affects our ability to believe in that moment he doubted he doubted who Jesus was he doubted that he was the Messiah with the power to raise the dead do we believe that we serve a God that's got the power to raise the dead yeah do we believe that that same miracle that we're believing for our lives to resurrect to resurrect things in our life that we thought were dead God has got the power to resurrect anything. Anything in your life. Impossible. God loves that word because it means he can come through. Thomas doubted the testimony of others. He doubted what the other disciples said. Now before we judge Thomas, we know we're like this. All of us are like this. How many of us had moments like this with our walk with Jesus? Hallelujah. Me too. Not the only one. Thank goodness for that. Maybe we've got unanswered prayers. Maybe we've experienced really hard times. Maybe we've experienced financial struggles. Maybe we're going through that now. Maybe we're, we've got relationship breakdowns. The list is endless of the problems that we've got in our lives. But he is faithful and he is true. And all these things that are going wrong in our lives, it creates doubt and allows unbelief to creep in. We start to rely on ourselves instead of God. And when that happens, we become bitter and we become angry and resentful 
we become critical of the testimonials of others I'm sure at some point in our lives we've all thought when somebody stood on the stage testifying well that's great for you but what about me what about me what about my struggles what about my financial difficulties what about my broken marriage what about my relationship with my parents what about me Lord what about my issues when will I have financial breakthrough God don't want us to live like this we all have doubts and questions and Thomas was not the first doubter and he sure won't be the last doubter but we're all surrounded by doubters today but when we have questions God loves that he wants us to draw closer to him not keep us away from him but the enemy wants to get in and go oh yeah but keep that to yourself build these walls me and Brendan were on the growth track talking about this weren't we when, when we get hurt in life we put walls up and it just makes things worse and we doubt and we get cynical and negative and all kinds of stuff we all do it the enemy loves it he's having a field day we're empowering every time you're like you're empowering the kingdom of darkness and all it says is we need a mustard seed to believe that the impossible is possible through Jesus Christ so we need to draw closer to draw closer to God not keep us away from him we need to start using these situations for opportunities for God to show up he wants to meet us where we're at just like when he came and met Thomas in that room he wants us to do the same and he was teaching us something in this story a bit of that drink please babe realize I was going to shout so much but you know in the word of God you just want to get it Are you just, word, word of God speaking tonight thank you Jesus that I'm front of the queue with this subject that you're trying to teach your church today I'm going to keep it thank you number two what can we learn faith cannot depend on tangible proof we read in the scriptures that Thomas said that unless I see proof of Christ's resurrection I ain't going to believe that's not faith the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11 verse 1 it says faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen if God allowed us to see everything that wouldn't be faith we'd see it by faith we are able to believe in God who is unseen yet true without faith we won't be able to see God's glory what does God's glory look like for you what about your circumstances and the impossible situations that you're facing now what about that you can't see God's glory unless you have faith without faith we we're not able to please him faith pleases God you know what it feels so good to be in faith with God it feels so good we don't need to struggle we don't need to panic we don't need to get anxious it feels good I think God he wants us to choose to believe in him he wants us to choose to believe in him no matter what because if we've got his word that's all we need let me tell you something about the Bible the Bible is full of yes 
You know, if you're anything like me when I first got saved, I was thinking the Bible is just full of old stories, especially King James Version and all that type of stuff. And it's just all unrelatable. When I first got into it, all unrelatable. It's not. It's a love story to us. It's a book full of promises that help us, that show us how to live. It's a Haynes manual. If you're an 80s and 90s kid, you remember the Haynes manual for cars and stuff. It's got everything to do with that. It's the same for life. The Bible is the Haynes manual for how to be a human being. As long as we've got his word, nothing else matters. Here's one of my personal experiences of how I really got to grasps with crying out to God in my bad situations. <clears throat> so I'm self-employed. I run multiple businesses, and they don't always go to plan. They don't always bring the money in to pay the bills. There's things that go wrong that are unforeseen, and it's tough. It really is tough. And I faced a time probably about a year and a half ago now where I was thinking, where are we going to pay the bills? How are we even going to do this? Things were going wrong, and it, I was making the bed. I remember I was making the bed, and... I just literally cried out to God like a little boy. Because you know what? As a man, sometimes I think I've got it together. Sometimes pride rises up in me. And I, I want to do things myself. I want to do things myself. I think I, I'm manly enough to do this. I'm, I'll take care of my family. I'll do this. I'll do that. And you know what? It's all rubbish. And I cried out to him. I said, God, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay my bills? Where are you in this? Bring some business in. Allow things to go well with the properties do something please I cried out to him and I'm like God I need you I need you this is an impossible situation I don't know what to do I'm at the end of my tether pride was at the floor and humility rose up in me and the Bible says in James it says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble and I humbled myself I was brought to a point in my life where I had to humble myself and say God I need you and the older and mature, the older I'm getting, the more mature I'm getting in my faith, the more I realize I need the childlike faith. I don't want to be the man. I wore this t-shirt, especially just to show that I just want to preach the word of God. Sarah said, are you really wearing that to preach? I'm like, yeah. God, Aaron, Claire said the same thing. You're not wearing that, are you? I'm like, yeah, because I'm not bothered how I look. What I'm here to do is preach the word of God because I am just a humble little boy and in God I'm everything. And that's the, the, you know, I live so much lighter knowing this now that I ain't got to depend on myself. I ain't got to be anything else but just a child of God. My life is in the palm of God's hand. Anyway, two hours after I cried out to God, we had the biggest paycheck we've ever had, ever. And yes, you can say it's all right for you like I talked about, but no, I was on my knees. I needed that. And we sold our biggest package that we've ever sold. And I was like, God, you know what? Th th this is real. This, this is the real deal. I am going to give everything to you. Is it a struggle sometimes? What I was just talking about, in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 to 10, it says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses. I always do. I've not, no problem being vulnerable on this stage, letting you guys know I struggle with things. I really do. But in God, I just overcome things. And, and, and it's nice to be a little boy in the palm of his hand. I don't want to be a big macho man working in the flesh full of pride. I want to be a humble man that knows and preaches that Jesus is his Lord and Savior. That's the man I want to be. I want to be a man after God's own heart. I want to be like David. I want to be like David. Bringing my problems to him. 
And I want you guys to see me as that as well. Never see me as anything. And if you ever see that in me, tell me, man. And I will gladly boast in my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. This is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What a scripture. We ain't got a thing to worry about, people. This is where it got into my thinking. I was tired of carrying the burden on my own and I gave everything. And I gave everything to my dad for provision and he provided Jehovah Jireh hashtag Jehovah Jireh if you don't know he means he's a provider that's what he means number three we position ourselves we need to a little bit we need to position ourselves for a faith encounter that's what we need to do I hate saying that we need to do things because it it's, comes across a little bit bossy and as human beings when anybody says that we need to do something we go you talking time need to do anything I think it's beneficial if we put ourselves in a place for a faith encounter. Anybody up for that tonight? Yeah, just a few hands. Give me some hands, people. Told you I'm insecure. I need some. There we go. Come on. Yes. Our hearts. Let's, let's get our, our hearts ready for a move of God. And Jesus meets us where we are. Even when we're struggling with faith, Jesus understands our questions and our doubts and fears. He is ready to guide us in faith just like he did Thomas that day. Jesus showed himself to Thomas to prove to him that he was alive. But for us today, it's not always possible. It's not always a reality because obviously Jesus isn't walking in the flesh, but he's with us in spirit. Verse 29 says, because you have seen, you have believed, but blessed is the one that hasn't seen, yet still believes. You see, I don't believe that statement was for Thomas. I think Jesus knew that we'd be reading that in this present day. That's for us. We cannot physically walk with Jesus and touch his scars, but Jesus recognizes the faith that it takes for us to believe. It's so important for us to recognize the gentleness that Jesus expresses here. It doesn't chastise. He doesn't chastise Thomas at all for his lack of faith. Instead, he addresses Thomas in a way that allows him to believe. And the same can be said for us today. Let me tell you this, God is a gentle God. He's a loving God. I'm coming to land now. Instead, he, he wants us to choose faith. He wants us to believe in him and his power without tangible proof. That is faith and that pleases him. Because we want to please God, don't we? We want to be in his will. He wants us to meet him where we're at. He don't want us to get our lives perfect before we give everything to him. We've got to ask ourselves some questions. Are we open to his revelation? Are we open to moving from disbelief to belief? Come on. Are we ready to surrender? Are we ready to proclaim that Jesus is the Son of God, the Lord of Lords, the King of our lives, the miracle maker? Because let me tell you this, in his last breath, he said, it is finished. Everything that you need in your life right now, Simon Taylor, 
is done for you. A testimony that happened to me, I've, I've had a, a really, I've had a month of breakthrough. It's been incredible. I've had things reveal, I've had things that are revealed to me that I didn't even know was an issue. Problems with my past, my parents, my dad. Didn't know I had daddy issues, but apparently I have. I was on holiday with Ali and Kate, and me and Ali were having a beer together in a, a hotel VIP room it was called where you could help yourself to stuff and uh, eat peanuts and drink beer and it was brilliant and uh, we had a little mentoring session we just kind of organically went that way <clears throat> and we started talking about stuff bearing in mind there's people watching football boxing all men and all that there and, and, and he asked me a few questions the Holy Spirit guided him and he asked me a few questions about God talking about me dad now the last time I seen my dad was I was three months into chemotherapy on a hospital bed, didn't know whether I'd live or die, and basically he visited me two or three times and then never returned, never seen him since. He just changed his phone number and just disappeared. Now in that, <clears throat> I don't, I, I, I know this now, I didn't know it at the time, I'd put walls up to protect myself. Pride rose in me and I said, okay, I'll show him. The bloke don't even know if I'm still alive. But I'll show him. I'll do well for myself. I'll, I'll, I'll look after myself. I don't need a dad. I don't need a father figure. All these things. Walls going up. Resentment. Bitterness. Unforgiveness. I'm like, oh, I forgive my dad. No, I didn't. Hardness. Hardness of heart. Now, how many of you know when you've got a hardness of heart against your parents, especially your dad, that's not a good relationship to have with God? Because if you're putting them walls up with your real dad then there's going to be an element of that that transfers over to him and it was causing major major blockages in my life this is your elder speaking if this is happening to me it's happening to a lot more people if you're listening online you know I pray God's breakthrough on your life and Ali started asking me some questions Holy Spirit led and I just I'm not a crier am I a crier no I was just bursting into tears burst into tears crying my eyes out uncontrollably Holy Spirit just came upon me and I was like what is going on I'm like saying to Ali I'm talking normal my spirit is empowered my flesh is just falling to pieces I'm just, I said uh, you know I'm having a normal conversation I'm like Ali I don't know what's going on here I'm like, I don't know what's going on mate I do I'm thinking we've got to be with the ladies in 25 minutes with the all-inclusive lunch and I'm just crying and there's people around one bloke popped his head up and went look it's going a bit deep here isn't it and I'm like, I'm like, ah. And I, I was just so overjoyed that his Holy Spirit would fell upon me. The fire fell that day. The fire of Pentecost. The, the fire of the Holy Spirit came and burned and revealed things and bought things and chains were broken. We got back off holiday and we went straight to the AOG leadership conference. Me, Kathy, uh, the Kents, Paul and Chris. And um, I went, still, there, was, there was still work to be done. Still work to be done. I went on the first night and I was hard. I was resistant. I was familiar. And I think I was influenced by the demonic, if I'm honest. Because the words that were being spoken on that, um, on that, that, that evening, I was hard to it. Now, how many, how many of you know you can be filled with the Spirit of God, but you can still be demonized? Yeah, you can. 
you still be influenced. And when you demonize, you take on the personality of that demonic influence in your life. And that was happening with me. I was offended by what the guy was speaking. This guy was speaking about the blood of Jesus. He was speaking about the cross and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I got home that night and I rang you with a bad attitude. I said, this is boring. I don't even know why I'm here. I'm so busy with work and business. Oh, I, I, I got here at half 11 the night before and I've got so much to do and I'm listening to a guy just shout at us and it's because the demonic influence in my life that was open through abandonment and rejection from my parents the manifest that was the root and the manifestation was resentment walls hardness all these kind of things I didn't know I didn't know about this the second day happened and I felt the Holy Spirit say, soften. He didn't go, you need to do it. He said, soften your heart, son. And what do you mean, soften my heart? I am soft. I'm doing all right. I'm spiritually strong. I'm an elder of a church, you know. I'm reading my Bible every day. I'm all right. I wasn't. I said, okay, Lord. I want to surrender. So I started to surrender. I remembered what he did in the hotel lobby or, or little bar thing. And I, I said, I'm softening my heart. And as the days went on, God was revealing things that I needed to deal with. So one of the things I walked up to Ali, I said, the Holy Spirit has just revealed to me that I need to be delivered from a critical spirit, a, what's that word? It's there on the edge of my tongue. There's another, skeptical, being skeptical, being critical, being hard-fronted, all these things that were blocking God from allowing to work in my life yes I could still operate as a good Christian yes I could still display fruit of the, the fruit of the spirit but I wasn't living God's best in my life and I tell you this as a vulnerable guy because I've, I, since then what has life been like with me completely different waking up every day light like I've been blind for years literally I did not know the damage that things in my past had caused got delivered from that the same night the same guy that really wound me up the day before shouting I was like give me more tell me about the blood tell me about the power of the tongue tell me about the Holy Spirit tell me I was being delivered and I was just loving it I was just being delivered from left right and center in the worship the Holy Spirit was present and the dross was being burnt not the joss the dross was being burned and the gold was being left I came home she was like what's happened to you <clears throat> don't know if I like it you're too much and I'm like yeah but I'm full with God's Holy Spirit I've been set free the chains have been broken the fire has fell on my life and the dross has been burnt and what's been left is gold and believe you me I'm not an airy fairy person I don't you know I, I'm, I'm not easily like that I'm not but, but this God softened me it's helped the way I worship him. It helps my gratitude every morning. It helps my prayer life, the, the way I read my, my Bible. I've been able to finish a whole book, that revival book that we've been reading. I couldn't do that before. There were blockages in my life and the enemy had a stronghold in my life that were stopping me from reading the word of God more, reading books that are gonna edify me on revival. Let me tell you why I believe God has brought me to this point after 14 years of being saved. Because I believe revival is on the way. Yeah, and I believe as Claire said this morning that I think it was Claire and Kathy they said that we need to be right we need that's one thing we do need to be we need to be right with God we need to be in a place where he can use us and work through us how can we be a conduit for his Holy Spirit if we have blockages imagine conduit it's a pole like that 
can be a pipe. That's what a conduit is. It's, it's a channel where God, where, where heaven can work through us. How can we do that if we've got blockages from the past, strongholds, demonic influences on our life that we don't know about? The thing is about the Holy Spirit, He'll reveal it. You don't need to think, well, I don't know. Well, what about 1964 when I did that? And what about that? And I, and I had that road rage. You don't need to think like that. God will reveal things. His Holy Spirit will, will pierce through. He said the word, the sword of the Spirit, the word can pierce through. It can separate soul and spirit and pierce through joints and bone marrow. When we read the word, things are revealed to us. When His Holy Spirit falls upon us, things are revealed. So I want to end with this. We're going to sing our last song. And I'm wondering if there's anybody in this room tonight that needs the same kind of deliverance that I've had. Yeah. Because if that's you, don't, don't be embarrassed. Don't think, right, run up the front. Get to the front. This is the altar. And God's spirit wants to come down. Come down. And he wants to touch you tonight. He wants to work in you. He wants to set you on fire spiritually. He wants to get rid of every demonic influence in your life. I'll say this. I'm going to speak to this room and everybody in this room and anybody that's listening on this. I take command right now. I take authority in the mighty name of Jesus that if there is anything demonic that's stopping anybody from coming to this front tonight to get delivered and to get filled with your Holy Spirit on Pentecost Sunday, we cancel it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We, we bind and, and cut off every bit of legal license that's allowed the enemy to influence your life right now. And I plead the blood of Jesus over anybody that's listening and everybody in this room and everybody in this church right now the authority not in Simon's name but in Jesus mighty name so as we sing the last song I'm going to be at the front praying there's going to be a few other people praying if that's you come to the front as we sing in the last song as we worship the king of kings and I want to pray for you and I'm going to impart what I received and I'm going to impart it into you tonight and God's Holy Spirit is going to rain down on Pentecost Sunday oh good let's stand to our feet guys Father, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you for the word that you've preached tonight. We thank you, Lord, that people are going to come and get prayer tonight and they're going to be delivered. They're going to be set free and chains are going to be broken. And the Holy Spirit is going to set this place on fire in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.